Welcome to Pep Talk, a podcast from the Professional Edge Project. My name is JP Edgington, I'm the head coach and creator of the Professional Edge Project, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about how we can enhance our personal and professional effectiveness, how we can increase our mental resilience, how we can increase our calm, our composure, our confidence, our capacity and our capability, all for the benefit of our professional and our personal lives, since each has an impact on the other. If you like what you hear, I'd love to hear from you. It would be great if you could share it as well. But more importantly, more important than that, if something I cover resonates, then I urge you to take some action off the back of it. Even if it's something small, take some action off the back of it. Information is pointless without application. Thanks in advance. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy days to listen to this, but I really hope that you get some value, you get something that can actually make your lives a bit easier, give you some clarity on your day, give you some more confidence and allow you to go out there and and do what you do best. Let's go. Pep Talk, next episode. Welcome and thank you to all those. I think we're like just on anchor alone. I think we're over 500 odd listens to various episodes which for a little podcast has been going six months and you know it's, it's not that well known um is, is is great it means a lot to me it really does um and what i'd like to talk about today is an important point about resilience okay so if resilience is is defined as our ability to come back uh from difficulties or being in, in tough circumstances or be able to deal with um, challenges and difficult circumstances so if that's us being resilient now the purpose of resilience isn't so that we can put up with more crap yeah let me get get, get maybe add some clarification to this so of late, I've been focusing my attention to help um, those in the fundraising sector, the charity sector. Because uh, although you think that they work in the charity sector and that everything should be sweetness and light and you know, they work for incredible causes, so surely why would they be stressed and why would they be in the, in the need of any support or assistance? Surely they just get uh, you know, tons of uh, cup-filling, purpose, you know... Uh, enriching kind of moments day in day out you know they're living their dream surely but obviously it's not the case like any anywhere there, there's challenges there's difficulties there's targets there's obstacles and what's come to light and it's important and it's good that it's done so is the prevalence of bullying and sexual harassment inside the sector now i'm no doubt that there's a prevalence of this in, in many sectors, industries and organisations. Um, but because of the largely, not entirely, but largely uh, female workforce inside fundraising, uh, the sexual harassment thing has been, you know, not as widely um, understood or been made aware of as much as it has been recently. 
And so that's the first great step that people are speaking out, certainly with the Me Too um, kind of campaign or approach that's come out recently. Now, when I look at that, and I think, I'm thinking about, okay, in terms of resilience, in that situation, someone's being harassed, someone's being bullied, and bullying has, has connotations of schoolyard stuff, yeah? But it's actually emotional abuse. So part of me, you know, I would wish that we'd stop calling it bullying because it tends to, uh, you know, dilute it somewhat. But actually, if we started calling it emotional abuse, maybe we think about it a little bit more seriously. Not that we don't think of it seriously, but, you know, words have connotations and associations and bullying makes you think straight back to um, maybe the school playground. Yeah. But if we call it emotional abuse, um, you know, there are different associations and connotations that maybe call for a different approach. But anyway, in the, in the situations of um, emotional abuse, bullying, sexual harassment, the purpose of resilience, as I see it, and these are always only my ever opinions, as I see it is twofold. It's to allow us to not be as affected as much by the actions of others. It allows us to have a degree of armour, which means that, that, that we're able to not let it affect our effectiveness, not let it you know, bury deep into us and, and, and then have a negative, a negative impact on, on our day-to-days and how we show up at home and, 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 and hit our confidence and that confidence hits our calm and you know, a lack of calm hits our capability and so on. Now, this is the important point I want to make. And the other purpose for increasing and, and working on our resilience, because it is trainable, it's practicable, is one, that we don't let it affect us as much. But that's not so that we can put up with more of it. No. No. We increase it so that it doesn't affect us as much. Yeah? So that we can go, you know what? I understand what's going on here and you're able to apply fact and logic and see that in many situations what they're talking about or what's going on, you can begin to understand why people do what they do. You can understand that, you know, it's rarely about you and it's more often than not about them. And so you increase patience and empathy for yourself, increase patience and empathy for them, believe it or not. But that doesn't mean, and this is the, the, clear, the clear next purpose, that you just let them get away with it. Or that you just keep putting up with the same behaviour. No. So the first purpose, again, is so that it doesn't affect us as much. The second purpose is so that then what we have is more strength, more composure, more headspace to be able to do the right thing off the back of it. To report it to take some action, to gain some help, get some assistance, yeah, do the right thing, speak up, stand up, okay? And it takes resilience to be able to do that. So it's just what I wanted to talk about today really was this, the point of resilience in this situation is, is 
one, so we don't feel quite so affected by it. Yep. And two, with that uh, protected effectiveness, if you like, we're then able to do the right thing. Do what's required, not just what's desired. Not contribute by sweeping under the carpet or just saying, I'll just shut up, it's just me. Um, you know, it's more hassle if I speak out and so on. Because otherwise we'll just, we'll just perpetuate. And I know, I absolutely know that that has consequences. Okay? I know that it's not easy. If it was, we'd have already done it. Okay? If it was, it wouldn't be an issue. It's just that it's possible just that it's the right thing to do. And, you know, we'll come across people that whilst they are just doing the best they can in that given situation, what they are doing is neither appropriate and maybe even not, you know, you know, legal, you know, in, in their approach in, in how they're trying to, you know, constructively dismiss somebody or you know harass somebody to be able to leave the workplace or so on you know um but in all those situations we can develop the ability to choose our response okay to not let it affect us and and to do the right thing off the back of it So, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about. Because often in, in some of the workshops or the stuff that we talk about, it's about choosing your response, that nobody, you choose to be offended by certain things. You know, what offends some one person doesn't offend somebody else. But equally, when it comes down to sexual harassment and, and emotional abuse, these are things that are, you know, just out of line. Okay, and we can still choose our response to it. And we can choose not to be offended, but at the same time we recognise that it's inappropriate and it needs to be held accountable. Action needs to be taken. So I keep reiterating this. I want to make sure that there's, there's no um, you know, uh, vagueness over what I mean here. It is certainly not that we just put up with it and let them get away with it. No. But neither do we have to let them affect us. Okay, there's things we can do, process we can, uh, processes we can go through to be able to make sure, or to be able to realise that actually it's not about us, that, you know, that we can rebuild our confidence and we can get a different perspective on it. But when we're in that situation, I know that it can feel like it's, yeah, it clearly must be me, it clearly must be my fault, or it can be, you know, that, that there isn't a way to deal with it. Or the, the fear and the pain associated with dealing with it um, is, is too much. You know, it's very hard to see the benefits of dealing with it. But when we increase our resilience, when we increase our personal effectiveness, when we increase, you know, our composure, then all of a sudden we have the headspace to see beyond the pain of dealing with it and to be able to see the benefits of doing so. Yep. 
So it's not letting them affect us. Still being able to, to maintain our uh, effectiveness and our integrity and what's important to us and our confidence and our calm and our composure and using that to do the right thing, to speak up, gain help. Because there's another thing I don't like. I, I read a report a little while ago and, and one of the terms they used is this, is whistleblowing. Again, the term whistleblowing, even though I just say the word, it's got these connotations of, uh, of telling tales. So I think part and parcel of, of trying to, you know, stamp out, certainly reduce, you're never unfortunately going to get rid of it entirely, but to reduce and to shift behaviours of those that are, uh, are carrying out, you know, these practices of bullying and, and sexual harassment and so on, which have become normalised deviations. Basically, they see it as being just the way. Um, part and parcel of that is to be able to make it safer to speak out. You know, maybe changing some of the language we use inside the reporting. Stop calling it bullying, let's call it emotional abuse, call it what it is. And let's stop calling it whistleblowing because it's got associations with that as well. I'll be straight up, I, I, I can't think right now what we might call it. You know, those that speak up those that stand up, you know, those that, you know, decide to stand up rather than those that decide to whistleblow. Um, yeah, something that encourages, nudges uh, and supports those that have had enough and want, and want to affect some change. You know, they need to be supported in every time they do so. Um, but I know that it's difficult. It's not going to be an easy thing to deal with but in these such situations what we can control is our response in a situation yeah we can control it, our responses and we can control our and train our resilience so it doesn't affect us as much it doesn't lessen the act if you like or, or the the uh how bad the act is but we just lessen the effect the act has that makes sense um, I suppose it's a bit like if somebody tries to punch me you know and attack me in the street and I have some self-defense you know training the attack was still you know assault but I just through my training uh, meant that they weren't as able to um, you know succeed in their attempts to um, hurt me. Now I get that, you know, in legal terms, the, the offence might not be quite as bad because ridiculously, obviously, uh, and understandably, when somebody gets hurt, you know, somebody busts a piece of wood across my head, then, then the offence is gonna be higher than somebody who tries to bust a piece of wood above, across my head and then I'm able to defend it, you know, but there will still be an offence committed. Um, they will still need to be Held accountable, but I think I'd rather that, i.e., not have the piece of wood racked across my head, and be able to protect myself, uh, than have the more serious consequence, and then they face the more serious uh, offence. But anyway, my ramblings. Um, if that's been useful, let me know. Um, yeah.
let me know. And uh, once again, over 500 listens just on Anchor alone, so I really appreciate that. What are we, 26 episodes in? Um, and if you find this useful, if, if, if it provides some food for thought, then maybe share it up. Maybe somebody else will find it useful. And if you're not following the Facebook page, at Pro Edge Project on Facebook, have a look at that. I stick videos and the like up there and search for, God, I think it's John Paul Edgington on LinkedIn because um, I'm on there as well. It'd be great to connect with some people. I shall speak to you later.